Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Welcome to this week's Got Goddess show. Hello, I'm glad that you are here. As part of our Your Body is a Temple series, we are diving into sleep today. Because sleep, if you really um, take the approach that I'm going to share with you today, is one of your secret weapons to getting the results that you want in your hormones, in your body composition, in your gut health, in your belly, in your energy, in your mental health, in all those areas with more speed and ease. And it actually has very little, a little bit to do with food, but this is something you can focus on even if you feel like your relationship with food is rather fraught or you're maybe working on a really disordered approach to food. This is something that you can focus on that's gonna give you results, which is awesome. So I am so glad that you're here. We're going to be diving into that. I'm going to be sharing with you some of my own journey with sleep. I have, for those of you that don't know, I have, um, last year I had twins, twin girls, and I had a two-year-old. And so, you know, sleep, as with a lot of parents with young kids, is been something that is a discussion that I have every day. <laughs> in my house. So I have learned so much about sleep since having kids because I've really focused on how I can optimize my sleep in order to support my brain health and my mental health, especially in that postpartum time. I've really focused on since actually my son was born. So for the last four years, I have been on it in terms of how can I hack my sleep? I'm going to share some of those things with you today, which is exciting, but I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There's a couple of things I want to share with you, but I just thank you for your ears and eyes here. Um, a couple of things to let you know about that is very exciting. Number one is the shift retreat. I, I'm so excited about this guys. I, um, have been wanting to do a retreat for a while. I've already, I've ran several retreats in the past, but again, since children are being born, leaving the house just has gotten more difficult. So, and then also pandemics across the globe also generally meant being with people in person was slightly more difficult. So, but that's kind of, you know, we're into our next phase of life next season and I'm running a retreat. So the shift retreat is really for you. If you are feeling really stuck, overwhelmed, disappointed, or confused, and you know, you know, you want to see results in your hormones, in your belly, in your skin, in your energy, but you just are, are not sure why you haven't gotten there yet. You're not sure what to do and you really are craving a shift, but you're not sure how to get there. The shift retreat really is an incredible immersive weekend experience, but also several month long program if you sign up soon, where you will get that personalized tailored support, some one-to-one -one support with me. And you'll also really get the tools that you need to really learn to shift your nervous system and create new habits and routines that you really need to see change. So it's going to be incredible, it's, but it's going to be a great blend of you getting equipped with like tools and practical things and trying foods and trying different strategies to really help support healing, detoxification, these kind of things. And um, when you come and, and arrive to the retreat, everything will be taken care of. You just literally have to show up. Honestly, the hardest thing about the retreat will be signing up. That will be the most 
difficult thing out of the whole thing. Everything else is gonna be delicious, nourishing, fun, enjoyable, delightful, juicy, restful, peaceful. The thing that's gonna feel like, oh, the hardest is literally signing up. It's deciding, yeah, I'm gonna bet on myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make 2023 the year that I really see that shift that I've been craving in my belly, in my hormones, in my skin, in my energy, in my gut health, in my uh, mental resiliency. It's gonna be the year. That honestly, the signing up part will be the hardest thing. And it's gonna be a great blend of being equipped, but also be your patterns and everything being interrupted. The retreat itself, the weekend, Friday to Sunday, is gonna be this really immersive, luxurious, wonderful retreat. And it's also, it's gonna be a strategic interruption into your current habits, routines, and all the roles that you play. You know, maybe you plan all the meals, maybe you sort out the social calendar of the weekend and the mom taxi or sorting out vet trips or whatever it is. This weekend is just gonna interrupt your whole routines and habits and help you. And you need that in order to create new habits, in order to reflect and find out what's working for you. So I would love to invite you on the retreat. If you sign up before or by the 30th of October, so if this is, if you're listening to this podcast soon after it comes out, you need to sign up by the 30th of October um, in order to get some incredible bonuses. And these bonuses really extend this retreat into more of like a five month program because it means we'll have a consultation and create your personalized action plan before the end of the year. And then you'll also get a follow-up consultation at the after the retreat to help with integration. You'll also get access to a couple of programs for free that I'm gonna be running before Christmas and over the next few months. So you really are gonna have a consistent support and help and accountability and structure over the next couple of months. So even when you come to the shift retreat, you will already be on your path, already seeing results, already feeling better. The retreat itself will just be this incredible culmination. So you can find out more about that at keziahall.com forward slash shift. So keziahall.com forward slash shift. I'll put stuff in the show notes and all around. If you're on Instagram, it's in my profile. If you go to my website, just click on work with me and you'll see it in the drop down menu there. Um, but there's a six month payment plan or you can pay in full. I've tried to make it as flexible as possible. And I would love to see you there. I would love to help you create the shift that is, it is available to you. We often just haven't been taught how. We, we don't know how. We haven't got the right tools. And we need an interruption. We need to pause. We need something like to bring about change. And I know that the, the shift retreat is going to be an incredible, incredible experience. So I would love to invite you along if you want to see some incredible shifts that actually start. If you sign up soon, we can start like as of the next couple of weeks with your consultation. So you'll already be seeing results before Christmas, be less bloated, have more energy. You'll feel like your hormones are getting more balanced by January, February time. So that when you come to the retreat, you'll be like, whoa, I already feel better than I did, which is exciting. So that's the first thing. So that's been going on here. Otherwise, um, we've just been like chilling out. And I, well, actually that's a total lie. I have three tiny kids and they've kind of been uh, all sick. So there's just been a lot of snot, uh, a lot of whining and a lot of tractor Ted on the go in this house. So I lied, there's no chill at all. But I think everyone's feeling better now. Everyone's dosed up on like vitamin C and zinc to the max. So I think we've kind of turned a corner and otherwise we have 
just been getting ready for a kitchen renovation, which is exciting. And um, <laughs> trying to get as much sleep as possible. <laughs> That's generally been my focus for the last couple of years is how can I really maximize my sleep? Um, so yeah, and that's what we're going to be diving into today in terms of how can we and you really make more progress by looking at your sleep. So let's dive in. Sleep. That is what we are looking at. Sleep is a really interesting thing. I think we're going to talk about some real practicalities around sleep um, of like just practical how-tos, but sleep is a really interesting one that a lot of us often have a resistance towards, but sleep is incredibly powerful, yet it is something, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people now, people often resist working on their sleep. So the first thing I wanna really invite you into as a thought is how powerful sleep is. If we think about your body being a temple, sleep is like a huge, like 50% of the maintenance of that temple. So if you think about, say you actually had a physical temple that people came and worshiped in, you'd probably have like a cleaning team that came and helped dusted the altars and hoovered the floors and kept things clean and changed over the toilet rolls and the toilets and, you know, that did all of that work behind the scenes. Sleep is a little bit like that. It is so important and it's a huge huge part of your well-being it really is but we really just we resist it and I think that's for several reasons first of all it's really practical a lot of us have um circadian um disruption circadian rhythm disruption meaning our sleep patterns are just totally all over the place and this can really impact your sleep in a big way so meaning your cortisol levels and your melatonin levels are just really wonky if they are wonky it's massively going to affect your sleep so that's a really practical thing your circadian rhythm is affected by things like your insulin management your light exposure um stress levels all of these kinds of things so that's one really practical thing and one of the reasons that people can totally get in the way the next thing that can really impact your sleep and one of the reasons why we can have so much resistance to it is that it's not productive in our brains you go to sleep and it's a crazy idea that us as humans walk around our days thinking we're so capable and productive but in order to survive we have to lie down flat for about eight hours totally helpless um vulnerable and basically in like a semi coma. It's a wild idea, but it can be really helpful to just really think about and realize, oh yeah, yes, sleep, good quality sleep is where you lie down flat in the dark, kind of helpless, eight hours in a mild coma. That, 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 That would be like a good night's sleep. And so it's not productive. You're not getting work done. You're not getting stuff done. You're not getting clean the house. You're not getting like lists written and tasks ticked off. So it's unproductive. So in our heads anyway, which is why I think another reason for why we resist it. The next thing is that vulnerability, that element of surrender. And this can be both more psychological or spiritual, but also actually really practical. If your body is really, really stressed and your body and your brain spends a lot of the day getting messages that feel threatening, then going and lying down flat to sleep and being vulnerable and um, almost helpless and, and weak 
is your 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 body's going to resist that. You know, if it's in a hyper vigilant state most of the day, to then at nighttime just then go like, right, let's just be really vulnerable and surrender now and helpless and fall asleep. Like you can see how there's going to be so much resistance to that. To that, there's other aspects as well. I think another big part from people I speak to, especially um, with women, is that their evening times just feels like their only time of solace. Especially maybe if they have kids, it's like by the time they get everybody to bed. It's that, oh my goodness, I finally have some time on my own. And often I think that's a lot down to um, the inequality that we still have within managing households, running a family, especially with young kids, but this could also play a role without kids as well, of course, is that women are still generally doing a lot of the unpaid work. So they are trying to fit in all of these millions of different jobs. And in the evening, the kids are finally asleep. The kitchen's finally tidied away. They actually finally get an hour to themselves. And so they're going to stay up later than they maybe know they should just to get some peace and quiet, which again is totally understandable. But I also think is figure outable as well and is actually a result of a bigger problem. And I think it's the result of that bigger inequality around um around the tasks and the mother load as it often is, but you don't need to be a mother to be (laughs) managing the mother load. So that is a little bit of why I think we resist sleep. So I just want to share with you a couple of ideas and thoughts and invitations really just to change. First of all, the first thing we want to do, we're going to talk about some practical how-tos, but we then, before we do that, we want to look at and what are your beliefs about sleep or how are you framing sleep? So I am a very driven, quite ambitious, um, more type A personality person. So for me, sleep massively can feel unproductive. So what I have done, and this is, I don't know if this is super healthy or not, but it works for me, is as I've dived into the research that we have around sleep, around sleep affecting your body composition, your mental health, your insulin management, your detoxification, your gut health, your hormonal balance, your longevity, meaning how long you're going to live and be around for everybody around you. Like, Oh, as I've dove into that and been like, oh my goodness, sleep is so powerful, so, so powerful. I've really shifted sleep to being one of the most productive things I can do with my day. Actually, that my entire well being, my mental resiliency, my productivity, my ability to parent, my ability to look after myself, my how long I even live for, my hormonal balance, my gut health, my detoxification, my brain health is actually all massively impacted by sleep. So even if I can't eat any vegetables in a day or my eating is totally screwed up, if I can have good quantity and quality of sleep, then that is an incredible gift I can give to myself. So it actually reframing sleep as one of the most strategic and productive things that you can do is, has been really helpful for me. And some of this might depend on your personality type. Um, I imagine a lot of you listening are more similar brain space to me. So it can be really helpful to be like, oh, sleep is actually really strategic. Also, if you think about it, ROI, like return of your investment, if you can really nail sleep in terms of quality and quantity, the return that you get on that investment is huge. Like you can increase your lifespan. (laughs) You know, we're talking big things here. It's not just like, oh, I feel a wee bit better. No, it's like incredible brain health. It's a huge, huge one. You know, when you sleep, your brain washes itself. 
and like sorts it's like it's just incredible so really shifting and realizing and i i know i do this through anchoring in through research and data and so you might need to find out how you uniquely do this i'm a very data oriented person if you haven't noticed so as i've really read and listened and heard more about sleep i'm like oh my goodness this is really strategic this is really powerful it has a high roi this makes total sense that this should be a priority for me so that is one thing that has been really helpful for me is that shifting it into actually this is really really important this is a part of my divine assignment is that i sleep and also there's a more spiritual aspect to that of just giving into the surrender and um and that and almost that yes yeah, surrender is probably the best word for it that surrender at night i've just been like okay i'm just starting the day again I'm just leaving everything energetically going to sleep letting my dreams happen whatever whatever you believe happens at night and then starting the day again. So really thinking about and realizing how powerful your sleep is. If you're tired, if you have hormone issues, if you have any health issues at all, focus on your sleep. It's also a great one to focus on. If you feel like your relationship with food is really disordered, focus on your sleep. You know, it doesn't, you don't need to necessarily even address your relationship with food. You can still see results if you focus on your sleep. An analogy I use with my clients a lot is um, a stool, like your well-being, being a stool with three legs. So you have like food, nutrition, digestion, you know, what you eat and how you absorb it is almost like one. The next thing is like your stress management. So um, your cortisol and uh, what are you doing to manage and process and flow through stress and the next one is sleep and so there's these three parts of the stool three legs of a stool sorry and so if your sleep is really bad and your stress management is really bad you need to be like really on it with food if that makes sense whereas if your sleep is really robust your stress management is really solid you can actually afford to be to have a bit more wiggle room with the food that you eat that's kind of the analogy that i use with clients all the time so again the roi the return of your investment on sleep is huge so and i've had loads of clients come to me with this I remember one client coming to me and she was kind of postmenopausal, And so postmenopausal insomnia is like a really common thing. So she was sleeping maybe one or two hours a night, which is obviously just, just how one functions on that. I don't know. And so we worked with the, we worked together for a while, a couple of months, really focusing on getting a, her digestion better because that was also a mess and B getting her sleep improved so that she could actually go from having one or two hours stretches to maybe having like five hour stretches. I think by the time we wrapped up, she was having five or six hours. So there was still a bit of work to do there because ideally it would be more like six or seven hours, seven to eight hours, but massive improvement. She was like, oh my goodness, I don't feel like I'm a zombie half the time. I've had other clients, I'm thinking even recently of a client specifically who um, was, I think she's like late thirties and she was, wasn't necessarily she got to sleep okay she was just waking up a lot in the night and then just and you know which to me tells me she wasn't getting to those depths of sleep so with sleep you have light sleep you have deep sleep you have REM sleep and you have these cycles and the real juicy part of sleep is deep sleep and REM sleep that's when we know from research so much good stuff happens light sleep you could kind of think of that as being less productive, not as much stuff happens there. But often if people are in light sleep, a lot of the time, 
then they can wake up easily. They'll wake up needing the toilet. And actually, if you were in the depths of deep sleep and REM sleep, you wouldn't probably be waking up for the toilet. Like that part of signaling in your brain sort of, let's just say, turns off. So if you're constantly waking up in the night, there's probably some circadian disruption. Your insulin management is probably off. And that also maybe some stress issues. And it's a sign often that you're not getting into the depths of sleep that are gonna really do you good. Because when it comes to sleep, you really are looking for deep sleep, REM sleep. Those are the juicy, juicy, juicy parts. Those are the things that are gonna give you the biggest return of your hours. If you're gonna spend eight hours lying flat doing nothing, you want to make sure you are getting the minimum of deep sleep and REM sleep for sure. And that can be a huge problem for people. They can be sleeping eight, nine, 10 hours a night, but they're not getting the depths of sleep. That can be sometimes due to sleep apnea that's maybe not been diagnosed, which is really common in people that have more body fat, more adipose tissue on their bodies. That's really common I see. If I'm ever working with someone who is um, got a lot of additional body fat going on, often their sleep is really impaired because poor sleep affects your insulin management, which affects your fat storage. If we, we just put it really, really simply. So with this client that I'm talking about who's waking up a lot, we really just had to focus on supporting her circadian rhythm and making that really robust so that she was getting those depths of sleep so that she was in her sleep cycle, she was able to get into more deep and REM sleep. Now with her, we weren't doing sleep studies on her. So we don't know if she was exactly getting more deep and REM sleep, but she started waking up less and she started to feel better. <laughs> so she saw kind of results across the board. So that makes, you know, that in itself is data points that we can take note of. So it's really, really important. And even with me, the last couple of years, I've had newborn children and um, quantity is not always something I can control with my kids. So what I've really done is focus on quality of sleep. So let's just talk about that for a minute. When it comes to sleep, you there's two, um, two dials to turn that you need to focus on. So you have quantity, which is the hours that you sleep. I slept for six hours, seven hours, four hours, eight hours, 10 hours. That's the hours that you sleep. That is important, that plays a role. And there's also on top of that quality of sleep. So again, you could sleep for eight hours. You and I, you can have two people, both slept the same quantity, but one person's quality was way, way better than the other person. And that person will probably have better health, health outcomes than the person with the lower quality of sleep even though they have the same quantity. So quality of sleep, really what I'm talking about it here, keeping it simple, we're looking at how much deep sleep and REM sleep are you getting? Are you getting those healthy depths of, of sleep cycles? Because that's where like your brain washes itself and you store memories for the day and like all of this massive stuff. You know, like we understand more about sleep than we ever have done before, but we don't know everything about sleep. There's something really magical like that goes on when we sleep that scientists and research still doesn't quite know. You know, there's definitely a lot of mystery still to sleep. So it's like magic. I like to think of it like just magic happens when you sleep and we don't quite know what it is yet. Maybe we will in future, but the more we research, the more we find out how, how beneficial it is. So quantity and quality, those are the two dials that you really wanna go up with. So there's certain seasons in life where you maybe can't control quantity. Maybe you have young kids, you have a puppy in the house, you're doing weird shift work or night shifts or all of those kind of things. I remember doing night shifts years ago and it definitely <laughs> does a number on your sleep. 
Um, so there's those two different dials and you might not be able to always control your quantity, but quality is always something you can keep an eye out on. But first, before we dive into a couple of things that can help with quality of sleep, I want to just share a couple of a couple of thoughts about quantity. So sometimes people start working with me and they're really tired. They've got health issues going on. They're wanting to lose weight. They're struggling with their mental health and they are just not going to bed. They're just not literally getting enough quantity of sleep. They're maybe getting six hours because they get they're in front of the TV and then they just carry on watching. And then before they know it, it's half 11 and they go to bed and they can't get to sleep. And it's 12, half 12, one before they get to sleep. And then they have to get up at seven o'clock to go to work. So a couple of things, everyone does have different sleep patterns. So you might be more of a nighttime person, all of these kind of things, but most people's schedules mean they have to get up. So what I'm saying is if you have a schedule where you can go to bed at one o'clock and sleep in until nine o'clock in the morning, great. And that is when you feel best, your health is good, you're feeling really good with that, great. But most people are like, no, 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 I'm a nighttime person. So they go to bed at midnight. But in the reality, their kids wake them up at six o'clock or they have to get up at six o'clock or seven o'clock for work. In that case, you just need to get over it and go to bed earlier. Yes, in an ideal world, you might be a nighttime person, but the job that you choose or the kids that you chose to have are interrupting that and you just need to deal with that and <laughs> be an adult and go to bed. I often honestly have a lot of conversations with clients where this is there's a lot of resistance to just getting to bed earlier. And I often think that resistance is because people are so time poor in the day. And often a lot of the time it's because they're desperately wanting some time on their own that they just don't get. And the evening time is the time when they can really relax and de-stress. So if that's, if you feel resistance about going to bed earlier, I really invite you to look at why. What is, what are you getting? What need is going to bed late meeting for you? Is it time on your own? Is it de-stressing? Is it quiet? Is it the house being empty and quiet? What, what are you getting from going to bed later? Because it isn't serving your health, that's clear in research, it won't be. You being sleep deprived and having low quantity of sleep is not good for your health, but you will be overriding that and doing it and choosing to have poor quantity of sleep for a reason, probably because it's meeting a need in another way that's really important. So I really invite you to look at why. A lot of the clients I work with, it's actually just finding other pockets in the day where they can have some time to themselves. It's about stress management. It's about having the changing their pace of life so that the that they have other slots in the day for them, so that they're not relying on the eleven p.m. slot. You know, um, and that is all. That's really worth looking at in terms of quantity of sleep. But most of the time, simply put, people just need to get to bed earlier. You want to be aiming for seven to eight hours minimum. Some people need more. If you're, if you have a lot of health issues that you're looking to actively recover from, you're probably going to need more than that potentially, especially if you're doing like gut work or those kinds of things. So that's quantity of sleep. Next thing is quality. So this is something I work on a lot with clients because there's a lot of things play a role in this. Things like your, um, your insulin management, certain nutrients, melatonin production, light exposure, stress management, when you eat, when you don't eat, all of these kind of things. So there's lots of stuff that I don't have time to go to into here, but one really practical thing that you can do that's super easy is start to block your blue light 
in the evening. So after about seven or eight o'clock or at least one to two hours before you go to bed, you wanna dim the lights in your house, you wanna get some blue light blocking glasses, you wanna use candlelight, you really don't want bright, like I have right here now, bright blaring lights at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. You know, you go to brush your teeth, put the bathroom light on, whoa, it's super bright. Now you wanna really filter out the blue light. I often recommend clients get blue light filtering glasses. Also on their devices, iPads, um, phones, make sure you use blue light filtering technology. Iris is a good software. Flux is a good software. I know Apple products now have a night shift mode, really utilize that. But the easiest thing is to just get some slightly unattractive blue light blocking glasses, especially if you like watching TV or reading a Kindle before bed. Blue light blocks melatonin production. Melatonin production is really important for good quality sleep. It's also a really powerful antioxidant and plays a role in your immune system and is a really, really important component. And if your melatonin production is low, you're gonna to struggle to get sleep. You're gonna to struggle to have the quality of sleep that you want and also impacts a whole bunch of other stuff that we don't have time to get into. So the easiest hack is filter out blue light. Start with blue light glasses, boop. Um, you can just find some of those on Amazon. Make sure you go for amber-based glasses. There's Blue Blocks, which is a good brand. There's True Dark, which is a good brand. Swannies, I have a pair of Swannies. I actually now have tons of blue light blocking glasses of different levels and strengths because it makes such a difference. And when my girls were little and I'm getting up like a million times a night with them to feed them, I would wake up, put my blue light blocking glasses on, feed them, pump, change the nappies, blah, 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 blah. You know, you're up for like an hour, an hour and a half every time, but I'd be able to go back to sleep. And even with a lot of that sleep disruption, I would know that I was getting decent-ish amounts of some deep sleep and REM sleep. Like, it wasn't amazing, obviously, but it was better than nothing. Um, so that can be really helpful. Also, if you really wanna hack your sleep, um, I recommend getting an aura ring. I'm wearing one now. An aura ring is probably one of the best, most accurate way of tracking your sleep with a wearable device. Things like Fitbits and all your other things on your iPhones are really inaccurate. Sleep is actually a real, sleep quality is a really difficult one to track. Um, the best data is obviously to go and have an official sleep study done but most of us aren't doing that every night. So an aura ring is probably the, one of the most accurate bits of um, devices. It's a ring that you wear. I wear it all the time. Also tracks activity, recovery, is a bit of an investment. I think it was like 200, 250 quid. I saved up and got it Christmas and birthday one year and it has massively helped me because every day I get a pretty accurate reading of what is my deep sleep, what is my REM sleep and how well my body is recovering. And this has been so helpful, especially with little kids because I think when kids wake you up in the night, you just automatically assume, oh, it was a terrible night. And you create a lot of head drama about how tired you are and how awful your sleep was. But if I look, I'm just look at my phone today um, of what my sleep levels were then you can actually have a look and be like, oh, you know what? I actually got like seven and a half hours sleep last night. So yeah, one of my girls did wake me up last night. I actually got seven and a half hours sleep. I got a good amount of deep sleep and an all right amount of REM sleep. Actually, I had an okay night's sleep. So an aura ring, really, really helpful for that. I really love it. I tell everyone to get it. If they're like, I don't know what to get for Christmas. I'm like, get an aura ring. <laughs> because the better you sleep, the healthier you'll be, the longer you will live. It makes sense to maybe invest 
and the more that you can track your own patterns. So another really useful thing that Aura Ring was helpful for me with was just noticing I'm tracking patterns. So if I eat late at night, it affects my sleep. If I'm really stressed, it affects my sleep. If I drink beer, oh my goodness, like my body does not like beer. I remember drinking a beer once and my sleep was just horrendous afterwards. My sleep quality, like I slept fine, like, you know, normal night length of sleep, but my quality was horrific. So I just don't drink beer anymore. So you can find out, and everybody is different. So you can find out your own patterns. When's the best time for you to go to bed? When's the best time for you to wake up? So that, if you want to take it deeper, um, I'm not advertised by them, but I think I maybe do have a link somewhere that I'll put in the show notes, but I do really love my aura ring. So that's a really helpful hack that you, if you really want to take your sleep seriously and your recovery seriously also helps with mindfulness and stress management and those kind of things. It's a really helpful device. If you're more data driven, like I am, it can be really useful to have those quantitative points to check in on it the day. Cause it, for me, it saves my brain thinking about it. I'm like, oh, this, that's what the data says. Okay. Switch off. Okay, I hope this has been helpful in terms of helping you realize, A, sleep. It's one of the best things, one of the most productive things that you can invest your time in. And if you improve your sleep, so many things will improve. Like that, it's just, I've seen it time and time again with my clients and in my practice and in the research. It's really clear. Working on your sleep has an incredible return of your investment for your lifespan, for your immune system, for your mental resiliency, your body composition, your hormones, all the things are impacted by sleep. So it makes sense to do, to give it a little bit of attention, to not just assume or think that we are all entitled to good sleep. No, we actually need to put a little bit of effort. And that little bit of effort can be like literally as simple as putting on some blue blocking glasses when you sit and watch Netflix. Like that, like, so I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about like do a three hour meditation before bed. No, no, literally just like put some glasses on, sit and watch a TV show. Like, like nothing else needs to change necessarily in your evening routine. Just put some glasses on. Boom. That's it. So I hope that is helpful. I really want you to be getting better sleep because the better quality sleep you have, the quicker progress you're going to make in all other aspects of your health. Okay. So sending you love. I hope this is helpful and I will speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad that you are here. Please make sure you leave a review on iTunes. If you haven't done so already, that would mean so much. I'd mean this podcast gets to be in front of even more people's ears. And if you want to join me in the shift retreat and create that shift in your hormones and in your belly and in your energy and in your relationship with food in your body, the shift that you've been craving for a long time but unable to do on your own, come and join us in the shift retreat. The bonuses will end at the end of October. There's six month payment plans available and I would love to be with you in person. It's in North Berwick, so based in Scotland, March 2023 and I would love to see you there. Head to keziahall.com forward slash shift keziahall.com forward slash shift.